The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture, zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this third week of Lent, there are kind of two words that stuck out as I was kind of praying through and meditating on the readings. One is jealous, and the other is zealous. In the first reading from the book of Exodus, it says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And as the Lord reveals to Moses the Ten Commandments, these Ten Commandments to keep us kind of on the right track, he starts by saying, I want to be the only one in your life. I'm, I want to be the only one in your life. Get rid of everything else so that you just have me because I'm jealous. And the word jealous, it kind of is like, well, you know, 
It's anthropomorphic. It's kind of putting human emotions on the Lord. It gives this impression that our Lord is like, oh, would you just look at me and stop watching Netflix? Put your phone away. I'm right here. And then he gives this list of prohibitions, which are really all the things that get in the way of us making God the center of our lives. Right? All those distractions that get in the way of us making God the center of our lives. And then in the gospel reading, our Lord goes to the temple area. And he finds all of these people there. And these people there, they're following the law of Moses. They're, like, they're there to help everyone make the sacrifices that they're supposed to make. And so what would happen is you're supposed to sacrifice a couple of turtle doves or you're supposed to sacrifice a sheep or whatever. But maybe you don't own a sheep and so you go to the temple with money and you buy a sheep from the people at the temple. That's what they're there for. So you buy a sheep from them and then you go sacrifice the sheep. And our Lord shows up and he starts driving all these people away. And they're probably thinking to themselves, we're just here to try to help people follow the law. What sign can you show us for doing this? And Jesus says, destroy this temple and I will raise it in three days. That will be the sign for you. And his disciples remember these words from Scripture, zeal for your house will consume me. And our Lord's zeal is zeal for the people that were going to the temple to try to encounter the Lord. And like, that's why Jesus is zealous. He's zealous for their hearts, and he's zealous for their conversions. He wants to get everything out of the way so that they don't miss out on the significance of what they're doing when they go there. So they don't get bogged down in the market. of going to the temple. And so rather than this idea of jealousy, which says, like, I want to be the only one in your life, the zealousy of Jesus is saying something more like, I want you to belong to me. I, I want you to belong to me. He doesn't want them to miss out on what he came for. And our Lord came that we might have new life. He came so that we would belong to him. And so he too, he wants to get rid of all of these distractions that get in the way of people knowing who he is. And zeal for your house, it doesn't just apply to the temple building but it applies to the house of Israel. And house means like the entire people or the entire family. We could talk about being from the house of David. 
If we used such language today, I would say I'm from the house of Kilcali. And our Lord has zeal for his people. And have we stopped to reflect on how much zeal our Lord has for us? Have you stopped to reflect on how much zeal our Lord has for your hearts? Everything that our Lord has done in order to win your heart, in order to help you to fall in love with him, in order to reveal himself to you, or how he shows up in your life over and over and over and over again, hoping that you'll recognize him. The zeal of Jesus is something that moves him to continually pursue us, and he's relentless in loving us. He's so relentless in loving us, sometimes it might be annoying. I was talking to Father John Ricardo one day about preaching and And we both kind of belong to this kind of same school of preaching, which is, I think people really just need to know that Jesus loves them. They they need to know the theology, and they need to know all of that, but they really need to know our Lord loves them, because I don't know if they believe it. And he was like, yeah, I came out of Mass one day, and this lady was in the back narthex, and she kind of was walking out, and she was like, God loves you, God loves you. When are we going to hear something else? And Father Ricardo looked at her, and he was like, I'll stop preaching on it when you believe it. I'll stop preaching on it when you believe it. Because sometimes we just, like, we don't recognize what our Lord is doing. And even when he's doing something, we're like, ah, it can't really be true, and I don't know if I want to give my heart to him. But he's relentless in that. And sometimes it's, it's annoying how much he can show up. I was talking to a brother priest about this, like another brother priest, and we were just talking about how, you know, I think we both have gone through conversions in our lives. And, and he was talking to me about how, like, after he'd gone through this kind of second conversion, he's like, I, I just feel like, why are we wasting our time? Like, people need to know the gospel. Why are we, like, wasting our time doing administration? And, like, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm, like, paying bills and people need Jesus. Why am I doing this? And I was just like, that's awesome. Thank God. Because I would be similar to that. Because somewhere along the line, what did he realize? He realized our Lord did something for him. He finally recognized our Lord's zeal for his own soul. And it's translating into his life. And we're all called to have that kind of zeal for our houses, like zeal for our Lord. You know, do we have that much zeal for our families? Do we have so much zeal for our children that we want to make sure that there's nothing that gets in the way of them encountering our Lord or nothing gets in the way of them knowing how much our Lord loves them? Nothing gets in the way of them knowing how much mom and dad love them. It's okay to let that kind of zeal take over our hearts.
to have that kind of zeal that says, I'm going to remove every obstacle to letting our Lord love me that I know. That's what we do during this Lenten season. We're removing obstacles to love. And whatever we've given up during this Lenten season, it really should be that we gave up something that's getting in the way of me letting our Lord encounter me. Whether that's television or other forms of recreation or using our smartphones. It might be food. It might be anything that we take comfort in instead of going to our Lord for comfort. And by removing those things, it helps us to notice him when he shows up in our lives. To notice how he continues to reveal himself to us. Because he is relentless in loving us. And when we reflect on that more and more and more, it gives us the confidence to surrender our hearts to him. I remember going to a spiritual director at one point and just talking about this, and I'm like, I feel like our Lord just wants something more of me. I feel like he wants more from me. Like he's calling me to this deeper intimacy with him. And my spiritual director was like, yeah, what's that like? I'm like, it's scary. So if I give him everything, what's he going to ask me to do? If I really surrender my heart to him, what's he going to ask me to do? Because he says he's going to give me a bigger cross, and my cross is heavy enough. i got enough stuff going on. What's he going to ask me to do? And then after a long period of reflecting on this more and more, and just reflecting on how he keeps showing up, he keeps being there, Challenges arise and he smooths things over and everything's okay. Persevering through difficult times and realizing that he did something amazing in those times. It's possible to get to the point where that same spiritual director says, so what's that like for you that our Lord is calling you to something more? And the answer is, it's going to be okay. Because I know he loves me. And I know he's going to take care of me. It's going to be okay if I give up that sin that I'm attached to because our Lord is going to take care of me. It's okay that I give up this activity that just gets in the way of our family life because our Lord's going to take care of me. It's okay that I take a greater risk in growing in intimacy within my marriage because I know our Lord's going to take care of me. And when we get to that point, like that's the goal. That place of complete surrender of our heart, complete surrender to our Lord's love, complete surrender to our Lord's zeal for us to belong to him, That's what holiness looks like. That's what holiness looks like. And there's so many times, because we have a lack of zeal, 
we either haven't recognized our Lord's zeal or we have a lack of kind of zeal in our own hearts, that we can be satisfied with fine. And we can be satisfied with fine. I had a friend who was, they were kind of struggling in their marriage and I asked them, like, do you, like, well, how are things? Well, they're fine. Like, do you want things to be fine or do you want them to be, like, amazing? Like, do you want them to be fine or do you want them to be great? And do we want our spiritual life to be fine or do we want it to be great? And when you're talking to your family members who are away from the church and they say, well, what's it like? What's, like, what's your spiritual life like right now? Oh, it's fine. Well, look, that's not super attractive. I'd probably stay away too. And what keeps it from becoming great is uh, just our reluctance to to recognize that everything that our Lord did in the gospel reading today, He's done in our own lives. That God became man and suffered everything and gave his life on the cross so that you, your name, can live. When we truly recognize that when he, it says zeal for his house consumed him, that means he has zeal for me and for you in a unique, exclusive, and unrepeatable way. When we realize that, we won't be able to help ourselves we won't be able to contain our joy from spilling out. Now, our Lord wants you to have amazing, joy-filled lives. That's his desire. Now, our desire, my prayer is that our desire matches his desire, and we desire the same thing. We desire to be free. And to have joy that overflows into the lives around us. To be a witness to the fact that our Lord had great zeal for us. And so today let us pray as we continue this Lenten season that that we have the courage to remove those obstacles to love from our lives. And then we come to know our Lord's zeal for our hearts. That we come to realize his pursuit of us. That his desire for us to belong to him is realized in our hearts. So that at Easter, as we renew the promises of our baptism, that joy might radiate in our hearts, in our families, and to each person that we encounter.